Welcome to 100 Stories of Hope, the podcast series that is being set off by a very slightly crazy challenge this bank holiday weekend of recording 100 episodes and 100 stories of hope over four days as part of the Captain Tom 100 Challenge. Uh, I'm your host, Anne Buckland, and today I am joined by a really special guest, Mark Lane. Mark, hi, how are you? Hello, Anne. I'm very good, thank you. And yourself? I'm very well, thank you. Now, Mark, how how should I introduce you? Sorry, I was going to say BBC presenter, garden designer. Which titles should, should I be using? (laughs) Um, I quite like the fact that they call me a gardening guru on BBC Morning Live. I quite like that. Um, But uh, basically, a garden designer and uh, a TV presenter is absolutely simple. I think that's the easiest way. And do you know what? I like Garden Guru. I think we'll need that for future episodes. Exactly. (laughs) Brilliant. Um, Now, Mark, in this this series, we're exploring the the subject of hope. What, What does hope mean to you? I think hope for me means many things on many different levels really um i think it's the looking being able to look forward and looking forward to whether that's an event whether that's um an activity whatever it might be but sort of pulling it right back to sort of grassroots and obviously with me as a garden designer for me hope is really always about renewal it's about um, starting afresh. And of course, a garden is a perfect example of that. And especially at this time of the year, when you start seeing the bulbs coming up, you just know that everything is going to come through no matter what. And that to me just sort of symbolizes hope so clearly. And I I love it because of that whole fact that gardening is also sort of... Um, a continuation but also a reflection of our own personal journeys in the sense that when you nurture for a plant nurture a plant you know it's right from seed all the way to possibly its death and it's the same with us as well so i think there's a lovely synergy between the two but for hope for me is about renewal it's about freshness it's about looking ahead and hopefully obviously sort of spending time with family loved ones and everyone else that you want around you I really like that, actually, pulling it back to the the gardening analogy of the the thing with the bulbs and the plants is it's dependable, isn't it? You know that there's always going to be that fresh life. And that puts a very real tangibility onto hope. Sometimes from a human perspective, hope seems if if some if we're in certain mindsets you know hope can seem solid sometimes but sometimes it just feels a little bit out of reach whereas actually when you look at the garden you know that the bulbs are going to come through you know yeah. it's going to come through and that's yeah that's that's really i like that very much i think i think you know i think people sort of, people sort of underestimate the power of a few bulbs in a even in, even in a pot and you know you don't have to have a huge garden you know it can be a tiny garden it could just be on a balcony it could be even on a window box but if you plant something that you know is going to come back year after year, then you've always got that really lovely idea of hope because you know that it's going to come through. Um, and yeah, it's just it's just a lovely magical feeling. I feel, I find anyway. That's brilliant. Yeah, and, and particularly this time of year, the sun's out. It it certainly helps, doesn't it? Emerging slightly from lockdown and just hearing the birds back in the trees and yeah, absolutely. The and, yeah, totally um, agree. So what story to you epitomizes hope? I suppose for me, a a big one is um, after my car accident, um, I obviously went to some very dark places in my head 
and I didn't think there was really a future for me. And I, I couldn't really see beyond the end of that day. And my little ray of hope, I suppose, was really my partner, Jason. And he would come in every single day if he wasn't already there when I woke up. And he was always there to sort of push me on a little bit and to cheer me up. But then I suppose it was really being able to get outside. And it, I know it sounds strange, and even now thinking about it, because of the fact that now I'm a garden designer, etc. But back then, I hadn't even started garden design work. I was in publishing, and I loved the fact that I was able to go... Was, I was at the Royal National Orthopaedic Hospital in Stanmore, and they had this small garden there, and it was just that idea of being able to get outside into that garden, even if it was just once a week, um, and just feel the sun on my cheek or the breeze on my face. And that, for me, was real hope, because I suddenly realized that actually, you know, the world's still going on. Um, you know, I might be in this situation, but the world is still going on, and there is possibly a future for me. And... Um, it was a slow process and obviously a long rehabilitation. And I just thought to myself, one day, um, maybe I will be able to do something that I really want to do. And I didn't really know what it was going to be because uh, my publishing house was amazing. And they sort of, you know, they kept my job open, etc. But I decided uh, that I no longer wanted to travel up to London every day on the train, didn't want to have that sort of stress. And then again, it was Jason, my little ray of hope, who just sort of said, well, why don't you do something with gardening? Because he said, you love plants, you've got this encyclopedic brain for plants. You obviously know about design, because I did history of art at university and all the whole thing about how, to, how paintings are put together and drawings are put together. And I didn't, I, at the time, I just thought, no, man, that's not for me. That's not for me. Um, and I was, I, was, I was lying in bed one day and I remember that there was, we had a laptop by the side of me and the sun was streaming through the window. And it was, all, it was almost like an ethereal moment almost because, you know, you sort of got that shaft of light coming through the window. And I thought, oh my crikey, you know, am I, am I seeing things? But I suddenly thought to myself, there is, there's this incredible power that nature has. And I just thought to myself that, if I could be part of that and maybe help others in whatever way I can, then that is real hope for me. And that, I suppose, yeah, it's probably the biggest, one of the biggest things in my life, I would say, to date, which if it wasn't for, if it wasn't for Jason, if it wasn't for a little seed that was sort of sown to say, maybe you should go into garden design work, maybe you should do something with gardening. Um, I don't know. Maybe, you know, who knows where I'd be now. Maybe I would still be in publishing. I have no idea. But um, I think my, my idea of hope then sort of completely changed because I realized that I could do something and I just needed to sort of basically get up and do it. That's amazing. That's a really beautiful story. And I, I, I hadn't known that just how you came into gardening. Funny how it's gone full circle in the fact that you've produced books now as much yep. as previously working and publishing them. Yeah. Um, but what was it? So 
after the accident in those yeah. very first days, what I'm, I'm very conscious that a lot of people listening, obviously the pandemic has knocked people in a way that people did not imagine being knocked at all. Yeah. What kept you going in those early days? Like how and how did Jason help you? Um it was it wasn't easy, I will say that. And I think, you know, a admitting that is actually one of the strongest things to do and you know admitting the fact that you are having problems or you are having difficulties in whatever um situation you're in and i just i for for me i suppose it was always trying to I, i called him my specter of depression and he sits on my shoulder all the time um but i'm always trying to sort of flick him off um, and I know he'll sort of float back in, and I know he'll float back away again. Um, so it's sort of being able to keep him at bay. And a lot of that was about just chatting with family and friends, um, talking about my feelings, talking about um, how I was how I was doing, really, physically as well as mentally. Um, obviously having a lot of help, and I would say that if people do find themselves in those sorts of situations – please, please, you know, stretch out an arm and get some help because there are incredible people out there um, who can help you and steer you in the right direction. And I think it's also just really not not thinking about too far in the future, but focusing more on the here and now and then maybe just tomorrow. And then as you sort of build up your own confidence again and also build up your own stamina and your own fitness and physical from from my point of view was you know fitness as well as mental um you know you then start thinking well maybe next week and then you start thinking maybe next month and then you may start thinking maybe next year um so do it slowly and also just about sort of pacing yourself and not rushing at things but the biggest thing is really about talking and I think we're quite bad at that in the UK. We, I know there's been a lot about mental health in the papers and in the news and everything. And I know that, tr- amazingly, you know, so many people have got behind it and are really pushing it. But I still feel that, you know, if you're on your own and you feel like you don't have any, you know, you don't have a large circle, um, who is it? You know, who do you go to? And I would say in that situation, you know, if you've got a friend, then go to that friend. But if not, you know, your GP, your GP will then be able to help you and then put you in that right direction. That's brilliant. Thank you. So it's about appreciating the, the dependable things like the flowers and the bulbs coming through, but also just, just chipping away at things and, and yeah. keeping going. Yeah, exactly. It's it's. I think we all we all sort of sometimes we sort of try and shrug everything off and just sort of go plowing straight ahead. But actually, I think, you know, admitting to yourself that you cannot do something um, is sort of sometimes stronger than actually being able to do something. Um, so, you know, in my inst- you know, in my instance, you know, I knew that I was going to be in a wheelchair, but I was determined that uh, that wasn't going to stop my mobility. I was determined that I was going to try and continue life as much as I possibly could, um, as normally as as the way I could. And obviously normal, in inverted commas, because what is normal? Um, But again, just doing that slowly and just taking each day as it came and not overdoing it. That's brilliant. Well, thank you so much for your insight. It's lovely speaking to you.